Hey, have you heard the Virginia Lottery has a new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Scratcher that has a top prize of $100,000? Tell that to my automated Golden Ticket Scratcher apparatus. You simply put the ticket in here, and the machine scratches it for you. And while we wait, we can play the Willy Wonka Golden Ticket online game with a top prize of $1 million. Just visit VALottery.com or use the lottery app. That's one impressive scratcher apparatus. Use it whenever. What's mine is yours. But hands off the scratcher. That Willy Wonka Golden Ticket is all mine. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the LPN Show. Recorded both in Los Angeles and New York City. We're just, you know, here to hang out. Have a good time. All right. I'll talk to y'all after a while. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Welcome to the LPN Show. I am Ben Kissel, and today I am honored to be joined by an actress and blogger. And if you check out her Instagram at Pretty Little Fawn, uh, she does everything under the sun. Courtney Helverson is with me. Courtney, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. I love that you led with actress. I feel like these days everyone's trying to lead with influencer. So thank you. <laughs> I don't even know what an influencer does. And that's why you're here to tell me all about what that job is. No one's ever asked me to influence anything. If people give me a product, it's because they are enemies of said product and they want it to sell less. You, however, are someone who can move products and you do great on your Instagram. But of course, acting, I would assume, is the passion. And yeah. I would assume that acting is the thing that got you into entertainment in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I started out as an actor when I was a kid. So I like went through the whole like awkward phase on camera thing. And then, yeah, influencing is definitely... I'm passionate about it, but acting is obviously the passion. I know you're a SoCal gal. So did you do, uh, were you a, going to auditions as a kid and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. I auditioned for pretty much every Disney series that has ever existed, but never booked any of them because they're like, she seems really like sad and serious. Like I could not, <laughs> like every audition, they, like I auditioned for the role of Hannah Montana in the show yeah. Hannah Montana and just like absolutely like bombed it honestly it's perfect on they probably said she doesn't look like she could keep a secret so we better not cast her yeah because no. that's the more that i learn about all of the shows that all of us watched as kids be like it doesn't seem very fun to be on that set no. at all oh my god yeah and it was like every other kid that i knew at the time was working on disney shows and i was like what's going on on those sets because i feel like everybody's like sleeping with each other and nobody would ever you know let anyone know what was going on but yeah i never made it onto any of those sets so who knows? Honestly, thank God you're better off for it. But you were in a movie that I absolutely love. And this is sort of where we can. Well, we've already started, but we can continue on talking about the wonderful world of horror, true crime and uh, Instagram influencer. But you were in a film called Unfriended, which is freaking badass. A great horror movie. I see here on your IMDb, you're also in shows like True Detective. Like you have had a kick ass freaking career. What was, uh, or is there something with the horror movie? Because obviously we love our horror movies here on Last Podcast on the Left, and this being the LPN show. Um, was What was that experience like working on Unfriended? And do you like working in the horror space? Because it's so different than your awesome Instagram slash blog, basically. Um, because, you know, horror is different than 
uh, selling cool ass bags. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's they're completely opposite worlds. So I've done like a lot of horror films. I don't know for whatever reason. Um, Any time it was something where they needed like somebody to look like really sad or like play like a victim of some kind, I always booked those. And then anything where they're like hot girl at a bar, like literally, it's never happened once. Never booked it once. Do you feel like directors? Because I know for me too, I'm just this huge guy, and for a long time, people almost like to see you lose. Do you feel like when you're in casting, they're like? I think people would love to see her get murdered. I feel like that would be exciting for the audience. Like when Paris Hilton got killed in the new House of Wax yeah. from like 2010 or whatever, the audience cheered and I was like, geez. I mean, I don't know what it is. It's something where like it's come up a couple times and this, I don't know what this is, but I've booked a couple things where like three or four where like incest has been part of it or like part of the character's backstory. And I'm like, what is it in my eyes that is getting me cast for this? Because I really need to change that. My father is very nice. My mom is very nice. Could we please not have me only do incest roles? Yeah, it's such a bummer, too, because my parents are like, so what's the film about? I'm like, um, I don't think you're going to like love this one. But yeah, I mean, Unfriended was filmed almost exactly like what you and I are doing right now. Zoom obviously wasn't a thing, but it was shot with computers. I mean, it was shot literally with like laptops, whatever laptops existed. In. And I think it was the for unfriended of, from 2014. Yeah, a totally different time. Yeah. I mean, it's six years ago or seven years ago, but it seems even more uh, so with the, with the era of COVID. Was there, um, that was the first movie to really be able to take in the isolation of like telecommunicating, yes. tele-talking with friends, tele-working. You guys, or that movie did such a great job of like capturing the horror that we're all currently living in now every day. It was a real precursor. And now if I hear, I mean, Skype is obviously not used as much, but like I used to hear like the Skype sound. And I was like, oh God, because it like felt like being <laughs> on set. It was like, oh, but I mean, it was literally filmed with computers Um we were all in one house. I think it looks like we were all meant to be in different houses, but they literally just, it was such a low budget that we were in one house. Everybody was locked in a different room. And at a That's certain hilarious. point, they like ran out of bedrooms and um, spoiler, I die first. So I'm Whoa. in a laundry room the whole time because they just had run out of bedrooms. So they're like, fuck it. She's folding laundry. So the whole time I'm like in the last room that they had available in this house. That must be such a trip, especially as an actress, when you're like, oh, this is the set. This the is whole the set. set is taking place right here. And it was for like, for we also shot it like a play. So we shot it start to finish. Like when one person would die, you'd like sneak out of the house into the backyard. And I would be like out there like waiting with a cigarette. Don't smoke. I don't smoke anymore. But would be waiting with a cigarette for the next person to die. And be like, yeah. Like, oh my God, right, that's cool. hilarious. Yeah, so everybody went in the right order that they died on camera. And then you got to go and have a break and like listen to the sounds of like screaming coming from the house. Because I mean, they filmed it in order. It took about like an hour and a half each time. Favorite way to die on camera. Oh, man. Because oh. I don't even know what I want. I sort of want to go old school, tarred and feathered. Just be oh. like the town crier who spilled the beans on the wrong governor. It's so brutal. It's so oh. brutal. I didn't realize how bad it was until actually you guys did that episode on uh, Mormonism. And I was like, oh, shit, it's oh that bad. I didn't realize that it was like skin meltingly <laughs> yeah. awful. That's a that's a really terrible way to choose to die. Yeah. And I feel like you have to do something against like the state 
to get tarred and feathered and then maybe quartered, pull, pulled apart by horses. Uh, That's kind of fun. But is that really cinematic? I don't know. Like, what's the best way for Courtney Helverson to die on screen? Man. Man, these are fun. I love acting. It's del- <laughs> it's a delight. It's a delightful world to do. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've had some, like, interesting kills. <sighs> Yeah, I like I, I don't know. They also shot unfriended like four different ways. So you can't really tell the way that I'm dying. At one point I had my like head in a dryer. I'm like, they're not gonna use this. <laughs> and then they had like at a certain point they're like, we'll put someone in a green screen suit and just like throw you around. So it was like literally like one of the producers in a green screen suit just like throwing me around this room. And I was like, I don't feel like they have like the budget or like the background setup for this to actually get like used. And like sure enough, it was not used. And I feel like they were just like fucking with me that day. I'm not <laughs> clear on that. But yeah. You know what? I go head and full body in the dryer. Mm. I can't imagine how horrible that would be if you are dying in said dryer, flip it all around, and then somebody has to open it up and be like, I guess it's dry. Like, there could be time for like a funny joke or like, this is still wet, something like that. That could be kind of cool. I feel like there's something you could do with like, like, uh, what the fuck was the name of that? That bear, the snuggle bear? The snuggle, the snuggly wuggly bear. Oh, snuggles! Are you talking about Telly, uh, Teddy Ruxpin? Well, no, I'm thinking of like the snuggles like logo. Remember that like soft, scary bear that was like the dryer sheet logo? Of course, that- yes. Well, they've been trying to. These bears have been trying to sell us stuff for a long time. The you got the Charmin bears. They don't mention buttholes one time, and I know what they're up to. You don't whitewash what's happening. Just one time, I want to see someone take a dump and wipe their ass and say, "This is what toilet paper is," because I've bought it, and at no point have cartoon bears showed up at my house to entertain me. They always show them like rubbing their ass against a tree, so they're like heavily hinting at it. But I feel like yeah. that—that's bark. That's a different, you know. Maybe as a society, also, yeah, absolutely. As a society, if we're not mature enough to have the butthole, butt wipe conversation, maybe we don't need toilet paper. Same thing when it comes to, uh, what was it, all the boner medication. Oh, yeah. All the, all the erection stuff. And they'd be like, pitching tents and stuff like that. If you can't even say the word penis in your advertisement, maybe as a society, we're not ready or mature enough for erection enhancers. It's always the guy like throwing like you don't back down from a challenge and then he takes like a football and like spirals <laughs> it through a hole and we're like oh I get it I see what you did there. Like, oh. Yeah having sex all wrong. All wrong yeah from a distance go long. <laughs> I love it so that's right I think for a good kill you have to see the initial action you got to see yeah. the kill but then there also has to be the surprise like what happened to that chick and then it's like 20 minutes later they open up the dryer and then blah, 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 she comes out and you're like Oh, that's what happened to her. That sucks. Sucks. I mean, I've been smothered on camera, but by a very old woman. So that was like, it just seemed like one where I could have easily gotten out of it. That one was kind of like a letdown. Did you expect to get into acting as a young child just to have your live ended constantly on camera? You know, I didn't expect that, but man, it happened real (laughs) fast, like real quick. Like by age 15, they're like, put her in a body bag. Let's get her out of here. (laughs) 20 minutes in, we're done. She was cute, but like, eh. That's the crazy thing about acting, too, you know, because obviously as performers and you have more uh, with social media. Again, I'm talking with Courtney Helverson, pretty little fawn on Instagram. She is fantastic and wonderful and everything that she does. Uh, But that is one of the weird things when it comes to the career of an actor. 
you don't know like what's it what's it gonna be like Jamie Lee Curtis always talks about how she didn't like horror movies she still doesn't watch them and she's like the scream queen yeah. and so for you you're like ah, maybe I'll be Hannah Montana and they're like no no dead your friends are gonna kill you actually it'll be a demon that'll kill you five years from now that's kind of an interesting like how do you deal with the not knowing or sort of like these things that are kind of given to you as an actor that you may have not even thought of as a possibility. Yeah, I mean, there's also to that point of like Jamie Lee Curtis not knowing what was going to happen or like not watching horror films. I don't watch a ton of horror movies. Like I've obviously seen, I like suspense more, but like the gorier it gets, the more I like do not watch it. But yeah, I mean, like uh, like True Detective, like you mentioned, I worked on the second season, which was the season that nobody liked and everybody had to send me an email to let no, me know that, that was, they didn't like it. <laughs> no, that was just because they changed the cast they and did. it was jarring I for know, a second. It I wasn't know. bad cinema. It's like what happened with Halloween 3. If they would have just season of The Witch, it's just not Halloween, yeah. but it's a great movie. It's just And separate. I think you know how people are. It's just it's separate. Just and separate. you know how people are. Yeah, and I also feel They're like... They're like, that's not McConaughey. Yeah, oh yeah. I wanted my McConaughey because he's a hunk and who doesn't? Delightful. But might I say, that Colin Farrell is equally hunky. Okay, you said I'm it. Just, you, know. you said it. But yeah, I mean, like that was one where it was like such a level of NDA that, and uh, I wasn't given anything other than literally like my lines, and I was given them the day before. So I was like, you didn't even see the uh, you didn't see the person that you're playing with lines. You didn't. I could see their lines, but they would give me as little as possible, and then they also it was like. Jeez. They also cast me in it and they're like, okay, like you're going to be in the first episode and then like maybe we'll use you in some other ones. And then they would just call like a couple weeks before and they're like, okay, you're going to be working these dates. We will give you your lines the night before and that's it. And it was like the by the end of it, it was like five, six pages of just me talking and I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm like, I don't know these characters. I don't know oh what's happened goodness. in the. Pr- I mean, thank God everybody was really nice and like held my hand through it. But yeah, it was. How do you do that as an actress if you are, um, if, if you're like, you don't know why you're there? I guess the, just the director would be like, so you're scared or you're happy. And then you just read the lines. It must be really hard. It's difficult. I mean, it's like it's that's not a, like a usual situation. I think at least for me, because I haven't been on like the major, major, like huge set things where everything's like very tightly lidded for the most part. Like yeah. I know kind of what I'm going in for. That was just a special circumstance. I think because of how successful the first season was, they were really yes. trying to keep it. I mean, it had like a different name the whole time we were filming it. I think it was called like the want like it didn't have the same name because they didn't want anyone to know. But we're yeah. all like, Shh, we know we get it. We see who's here. That's pretty cool to be. To be part of a top secret project, I though. No, yeah, but I mean, to that point, like, <laughs> I didn't know until it aired that my character was supposed to have been sleeping with her dad the whole time, or like, oh, I didn't. Yeah, that was the incest one. That was one of them. Unfortunately, <laughs> there's more. Um, but yeah, it was something where it's like I was watching the episode, and my husband was like, "Wait." Is that guy supposed to be your dad? And I was like, I I have no idea. I think so. Oh my! You know, I just feel like maybe they could have told you in post that you're just just, a, just, an email. just be like Courtney. When you sit down, you're gonna watch it. You you did a great job. You're having sex with your father. Just you know, wonderful work. And just let you know before just, you go in and find out that you are having sex with your dad. Just so I could you know? like send like a quick email to my grandpa, of like, hey, maybe like don't watch minute this to this or yeah. I mean, it was also. <laughs> There's also that season was the one where there was that I don't know if you remember, but there was that like massive orgy scene that like Rachel McAdams. It was like a Bohemian Grove thing with like just women everywhere. 
Yes, I do remember that because they that would that wouldn't actually sort of branched out from the show. That was almost larger than the show itself. That was, yeah, but so I because of the level of NDA, I couldn't tell like anybody that I knew at the time like what I was filming. So when that episode aired, I was not in that scene, but I was convincing my husband that I was. I was like, yeah. So I couldn't tell you, but like. I'm just in the background. I'm like deep in the background and like, you know, there's like things happening. It was just for like a little bit. And he was like genuinely had this like horrified, like really sad moment. And I felt so good about making him feel so sad. It was hilarious. Number one, that's incredible. You got to lower the, or you have to like be like, see, yeah, I had sex with my dad, but, but my bush hairs weren't all over the screen in that orgy yeah, scene. Hey, so it was just implied. We're, we're still good. I kept my clothes on the whole time. Everything was just implied and talked about around me. God, how did we immediately get into horrible... I don't know, but we're 10 minutes in the words bush hairs. Uh, granted, I did utter it, but it has been <laughs> said. So we're checking off. Checked off. It's still an LPN show. Great, great, great. That, but you know, that's so crazy. So you started off with like doing Disney or wanting to do Disney Channel stuff, and then you end up in the much more adult world of True Detective and, and even movies like Unfriended. Um, what? How are you finding yourself... When it comes to liking those roles, and do you feel like what's what's for people who want to get into the business, perhaps, like uh, I don't know, how open are you when you go into these audition processes? Is there anything that you're like, no, I just absolutely refuse to do anything in that era or in that um, genre, rather, right. or is it basically like, well, I trust the process. I'm an actor, so. I'll just go do my job. Well, I actually, I started out as a kid. I never wanted to do the Disney projects ever. I was like, I'm a serious actor. That was just what, if you were that age, that was all you were getting sent in on. So my agent like kept sending me. I was like, I don't want to do this. So I would just go in and be as like minimal, like like Meisner, like just nothing, giving them nothing. (laughs) And they hated it. And obviously I'd never booked any of those. Um, were your parents were your parents like super into you being an actor? Or were they just they like fought oh, gosh, it. She, they fought okay. it so hard? I feel like uh, yeah, I did not have like the stage parents that were like pushing me into it. They fought it, and then they were like, okay, like we'll wait until you're like you know the adult age of thirteen, and like then we'll start driving you to auditions. But yeah, I mean, it was like they I wanted to do it from like much younger, and they're like, let's like. And then when I started, I thought I was so old. I was like thirteen, like buy me a coffin oh already, like. Fuck. <laughs> They were so, they really had been doing, they're like, yeah, I've been like working for like 10 years. And they were like nine. I just. Yeah. Smoking cigarettes. I know my boy, Danny, my, my friend, Danny Tamborelli, who played, uh, he was pretty successful, like the Mighty Ducks and he was little P from Pete and Pete. But some of the stories that he has, he sounds like a haggard veteran. He was smoking at like 12, taking shots, like after a set day, be like, oh, life, life as an actor. Like it is crazy how fast you age. I feel like. I mean, I had to kind of catapult into adulthood when we started doing foster care. We started that when I was 12, but I loved being a kid kid where it was just like toys and like the idea of going on an audition. I mean, I did some community theater because my mom homeschooled, air quotes, homeschooled (laughs) us, which again, just led to us doing community theater in Stevensville, Wisconsin. But like to take it seriously, oh my God, I was way too much of a kid for that. You must have... You must have been 13 going on 30 to quote a really strange movie. Hey, now. that's my friend is in that. She's she's oh, the 13 awesome. year old that, you know, is now almost 30 because that's how long that movie came out. Um, <laughs> movie. That movie and the movie Big in hindsight, I'm like, y'all are fucking kids, right? Like, yeah. you, like they because isn't she still 13, she's still 13. And, and Tom Hanks is still like 10. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, like, I, I'm not going to talk about it. Hollywood. I need an adult. Um, 
Wait, I completely <laughs> missed. Wait, what, what was the question? <laughs> Any time where you're like, yeah, I, I'm not going to bother with doing that. I'm not going to oh. go into that area. Because, you know, it is tough. Again, giving up some of the control as an actor, you give up a lot of control right. and you have to trust the people you're working with. Yeah, there's, I mean, I there's not a lot that I'll say no to if it's a good enough script. Um, so, I mean, obviously there's things that I've read before where I'm like, whoa, this is, if I book this, it's going to be crazy. Haven't like booked any of those. But I will say like, there's not a lot that I would say like no to. Um, that's just yeah. a desperate actor, I think, saying that we're, we're pretty open to whatever comes across our desk. Uh, I mean- I'm I mean that makes that means that you're a real actor. Also, is it just for my own brain, actress or actor? Because I just say actor across the oh. board. Is that is that normal now? I think I don't. You know, I go back and forth on that because I'm like I'm okay. fine with you know like let's add a, like a rest on it. You know, maybe it's like a French word like oh it's the feminine version. Like I'm I'm fine with actress or actor. I don't know. We'll go interchangeable. What then. do you do? That's you prefer great. actress for yourself or actor? I don't know. I go with actress. Explore the space. Given, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Given. Given my boobs, I don't know. <laughs> you immediately regretted saying that. Yeah, you know, isn't the story of my life is like halfway through a word, usually is boobs, as I'm like, yeah, you know, probably don't. Uh, well, I got to finish it now. Isn't that weird? I mean, I think halfway through any sentence, I've immediately regretted starting the sentence. So I understand that. Yeah. What do you think about what's going on right now when it comes, I mean, sort of talking about in jest before with talking about like what happened on sets and how media was covering right. specifically like the Britney Spears story, which I have been on team Britney for a long time yeah. forever and ever. And uh, it is interesting seeing these old clips and how they've aged, you know, whether it be her on Letterman or Leno or basically the jokes were all just like, I want to fuck her. Oh, she's a whore. Like they're all just whore. Like what is she supposed to do growing up in the industry? I mean, obviously not hopefully not as traumatized as that but no <laughs> when you see those sort of revelations come to light does any of that like ring true to you and his hollywood because i mean this is a hollywood problem right right oh yeah i mean it's like an insidious industry i i mean I, like i said like i was never that thrust into like the public eye or like that famous young and even now like i have you know like steadily worked but i think for the most part it's like oh hey it's that redhead that i think i saw in like maybe one thing so i've never really had that level of like shit thrust at me but i will say yeah having watched that free britney documentary and like diane yeah. sawyer is just like raking her and like giving her nothing and she never says anything disparaging she's like the kindest sweetest child i, I mean know. she's a child during all of this she's 22 when she has her kids like she's a child it's oh my unreal goodness. that documentary like really shows how badly those interviews aged well that's why i'm so conflicted on like obviously i mean i grew up i watched saved by the bell i watched all of my oh, shows yeah. but it's just weird like kids being thrust into the adult yeah. world of acting i don't even know how you do it without scarring the hell out of them oh, uh there has to be some ways but it just seems like it's it's growing up in Wisconsin had some difficulties, but one of them was that at no point was any Hollywood producer near me. Not scouting Not that yet? they would have anyway. They weren't were scouting uh, They were like, I want the one. Yeah, not getting scouted. I was getting scouted to play football, which was more horrifying in many ways. Um, but I mean, it's just, it's crazy. How do we protect the kids in the industry? Not that we're here to talk about that, but the, the Britney Spears documentary definitely oh, man. made me think like, holy shit, somebody should have stepped in. Yeah, I mean, I, like Diane Sawyer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, Diane, like we could have like done like a softball interview. Like she's sweet. Just talk to her about like, hey, like 
what are your kids like? But she just like, yeah, she, man, she really, she biffed it. She really did. Again, we're talking with Courtney Halverson. She is an actress and a blogger or an actor, however you want to say it. Uh, Pretty Little Fawn on Instagram. Follow her Instagram uh, because you are a fantastic uh, influencer, and also you're like all of the photos. Not that I'm being, I'm like looking at your Just pictures, being like, but all of the photos are really good. Hey, thanks. Is that is that you? It's. I mean, if it's something that I'm not in, yes, I'm the one that's taking the photo. Otherwise, my husband works as my photographer, so we've been like a, a duo for a while, and he uh, he does that full time. Takes photos of his wife, which sounds really tragic when I say it like that. He's. I mean, it's honestly, it sounds awesome. He's very you. talented. <laughs> He really is. Well, give him props because your Instagram, like all of the photos are really well done, whether you have taken them or your husband. And that's very nice that you guys have found a relationship where he fawns over you as he should. Fawns. Because, because of course, you are pretty little fawn on Instagram. Can you talk about how you got to where you are now? Because you sell a lot of, I mean, obviously these companies look at you, I would assume as a lifestyle brand, right? I was, I was thinking about talking with you today. I'm like, what? Because I'm still trying to wrap my head around the influencer industry. I'm trying to wrap my head around like monetize social media yeah. and stuff like that. And how do you use it in a proper way where it helps and not hurts and yada, 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 yada. How did you even get involved or so trusted as a lifestyle brand? Because that really is what I see when I look at your Instagram. It brings you into a different world. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely like I, I nev- never have done one thing where it's not like it's not like a fashion blog, which I think there are a lot of women that do that well, where it's just like high fashion, like clothing and things like that. Right. Um, but my uh, Instagram account and then my blog is very encompassing of my entire life. So a lot of it is, you know, there's like fashion involved with it. There's skincare and makeup um, and then like mm-hmm. house, things like that. But then, uh, you know, just me as a person having to think about that is like presenting myself as a brand like pretty little fawn is a brand in a lot of ways right i hate that i chose that name by the way that was something where it was like really yeah. i mean because i wish i had picked my name now that's like the cool thing is you have like your name but i i think when i started which was like 2011 you just picked like yeah. three words and put them together and you're like sounds good like i think it works because it is like again that's kind of like the lifestyle it's very like feminine and very soft you know it, it's it, as an actor did you like how was that transition into going into the more of the influencer mold because i mean we talked about autonomy we talked about like not having power but now you definitely do which is the great thing uh you know as a podcaster you know too it's like so awesome to have a career path Path that you're in charge of how did you get to that point yeah i mean it is it is the polar opposite of being an actor because yeah it's it's nobody telling you do this it's like okay how do i keep myself busy today and make this yeah. make this a job um yeah i mean i kind of I, I think anybody that started out in the business the business of blogging like back in the day it was never intended to be anything to make money off of instagram didn't exist you just started a blog yep. like a blog spot and you just were like hey here's some clothes i found at goodwill pretty cute huh like that was like pretty much the extent of it i think over like maybe seven years ago was when it kind of started being more of a thing when instagram was used um okay wow that that, that's actually longer than i thought it would be yeah i mean that's like again like the very early days of it but i i worked at a desk job right before i took it on full-time and the reason why i took it on full-time is i got fired from my desk job and i was like oh shit i better and I, you know, immediately signed up for all the apps to like, how do I do blogging? How do I make this a thing? I better like, you know, yeah. make this a career really quickly. Um, 
Well, what what resources did you look at to to make it a career? Because I've been trying to get Bud Light to sponsor me for freaking 25 years and 10 of those years I've been saying it publicly and nothing I'm getting nothing I, I'm no I'm no postie so I'm shocked that you haven't gotten at least like a Bud Light Lime sponsorship at this point Something. we know it's your favorite See, even- give the man a sponsorship god damn uh- I hate Henry for spreading that lie, but isn't that a powerful thing about the insidious nature of lies? I, you know, isn't that something? I just I don't. I've had it one. T- I had Bud Light Lime one I time. I don't believe. No, actually, twice. I don't believe you. Once in Las Vegas and once on a on once on a uh, on a Patreon interview. I just and I don't like the way it tastes. I, I'm a classy man. I like my Bud Light proper. Or Blue Moon. No, not not Blue Moon. I'm sorry. Spotted Cow. Oh, see. There was, have you ever had Spotted oh, Cow, Spotted Wisconsin? Cow, yeah. My, my husband's family is all from Wisconsin. So I have. Oh, you know yeah, it then. I've been to a. What? Brewers? Is that a team there? That's. It's, you nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed yeah, it. I've been tailgating. Delightful. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm shocked that you haven't gotten that sponsorship at this point. I know. Well, maybe this is the beginning of the beginning of my Bud Light relationship. I did a Corona commercial during quarantine. So, you know, we're one step closer. Maybe. Are they owned by the same? company no i think they're all it's owned all, by one yeah it's all just by one person and whatever golden bubbly liquids so when it comes to yeah when it comes to uh instagram and to where you are now so you saw this seven years ago and you're like i can make how the hell did you even think about making money off of it because you are a pioneer in this space legitimately I mean, I don't know that anyone's ever said that. Uh, yeah, I, there's like apps that you could use. I mean, you still can. There's like apps where you can kind of submit yourself. It's almost like an actor's access for it where you're like submitting yourself okay. for jobs for it. Um, but you just, you know, once I grew like my following to a certain point, um, I was able to get like a manager that handles my Instagram account that handles like any partnerships coming in. And how does that work? Because, you know, it's so fascinating. And this is one of the... You know, I'm reminded they always say what were like back in the day, it was like 75% of the workforce was farmers in like 1900. And then obviously, if you would tell them like 3% of the workforce is farmers, like they would be like, well, I guess we all died. But this is the new economy, you know, especially when it comes to acting and, and entertainment. The new economy really is going through these apps and things like that. So how does that process go when it comes to like connecting with the brand? Do you, do you reach out to the brand or do they reach out to you? And like, what's that organic relationship like? And I suppose another add on to an already super long question when it comes to movie roles, you're very open to everything. Is there a brand that you just said no to? Cause you were like, fuck those motherfuckers. I, I mean, I don't usually type that out exactly. I mean, I think it sometimes <laughs> where I'm like, thank you so much. No. Um, so how it works is for the most part, for the most part, I do not contact brands. It's less it's something where I'm, I'm really, really wanting to pursue because for the most part, they know when they are looking for a partnership and they know when they are looking to spend money. So like they will come to you. Um, but yeah, right. it's usually that a, a brand will email uh, myself and then my manager sees it as well. And it's, you know, it, it's a, you know, a, a whole project that they have uh, planned and how they want to see it going about. And then that's me coming in and saying, you know, I would do this and here's what I think would work. Yeah. And here's how I would shoot oh. it in a way that it looks good for my brand. But I mean, if you're asking. Like, so you actually go through you go through that much detail oh. when it comes to like framing and stuff. And that's all your creativity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they provide like uh, parameters for it. Uh, the best the best companies are the ones that provide like loose parameters. Um, And then it's, you know, everything goes through an insane amount of approvals. So just an average email chain for like a partnership is like 60 emails back and forth from start to finish because it's I mean, there's a lot of legalities involved in it. 
But yes. you had asked, you know, like, do I say no to a lot of things like acting? I'm like pretty open to anything. As far as for blogging, I say no to I would say like 95% of what comes across because it's, I mean, it's usually like teeth whitening or like anything with like the word diet in it. Like it's just a lot of companies right. where it's like you can make a quick buck that way, but it's like your audience knows it's fake. It's very obvious. So you do have to have an authenticity when it comes to like, I use this product, yeah. it's actually fine and I like it. So it's not, I suppose that way you can keep your soul yeah. uh, intact yeah. as well, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like you can't also like turn around and be like, okay, now this is my favorite hairbrush and now this week it's this one. Like you, you lose your credibility so fast. So you better actually like what you're selling or it's, I mean, I, I have, I think for the most part, like online audiences are pretty smart. I have like a really smart audience that really pays yes. attention and there's times where i'm like oh i wish they'd let me just like sneak this one past them so i could make like a ton of money off of this like terrible product but it's just not realistic like they're they're too smart yeah. to be lied to or to be sold bullshit so for the most part yeah that's why i say no to 95 percent because if it's not part of my brand it won't work that's a really fascinating thing for that number is way higher than i thought it was going to be <laughs> i would assume if bud light lime comes calling though you better oh. forward the message to me I, i'll do it and i'll say i love it and whatever i'll even talk about Whatever. Taco Bell. Again, nobody, the thing with Bud Light and Taco Bell is I look like their customer base. So it's like they got to lie and I can't lie about it because I'm just like, it'll make you look like this. And they're like, no, no, we need someone who looks beautiful, who doesn't drink it. That's the whole point. If Taco Bell ever contacted me, it's very oh off brand for me, but I love a gordita. Yeah. So if it if it comes across the counter, I'm not going <laughs> to say no. I might not forward the email to you. You put it in the ether, you put it into the universe, and I hope that you get the Chalupa ad. The Chalupa ad, you know, it's just, <laughs> I've been cut from five Super Bowl commercials at this point. No, so, yes. really? From fi- That's why I haven't done a commercial in so long. You're like what actors are to football. You are the Buffalo Bills. You've been cut from five Super Bowl commercials. You didn't lose five, four Super Bowls like they did. How do you? That's amazing to be cut by. That's almost impressive. It's like filmed it sitting with my family waiting for it to air. And then every time like, God damn it again. Like it was a Pepsi one. And I'll say the names. I don't give a shit. It was Pepsi. It was GMC. <laughs> T-Mobile Sprint. Oh I think God. it was like like filmed the whole thing, featured thing, and like one of them they like CGI'd like a football going past my face, and like if you can't see your oh. face, you don't get paid. So I was like, God damn it! Like every time, they are such scoundrels. I mean, with that, you have to show the face, otherwise you don't get the money. Yeah, yeah you get like oh a two hundred dollar check in the mail, and like um, we're sorry that your whole family gathered to watch. That was that fun for you to feel the failure in real time. And you don't even get the fa- you don't even get Pepsi for free for life at minimum. No, and I don't even like Pepsi. I would have rather had Coke. So there, Pepsi. Wow. I'll say it. <laughs> but that is it. Like having that credibility. Can you talk, because that is really a great point. If people don't trust you, the whole damn thing falls it's, apart. Yeah, it's your loss. And that, but that's got to be kind of scary, too, when you're choosing topics or, I mean, uh, or rather products, yeah. um, which, which you know, spur, spur and, and grow into topics, really. Um, that's got to be a, a, a tricky thing to, to know. Yeah, I mean, there have definitely been times where I'm like, can I make this work? Like, just something that's so out of left field where I'm like, can I? 
talk about like I did like a car partnership last year, which I was like, okay, I don't know if there's like a good way for me to spin this, but I like the car. I'm, you know, I didn't keep yeah. it or anything, but like got to borrow it for a while. And that was like hard for me to figure out, like, how do I talk about a car and not just be like, it's cute. Like I like, it goes fast. Like I just was trying to find ways right. to, to make that an engaging story, which I, I think I did kind of, I don't know. It's, it's tricky. Well, I mean, it really is tricky. And you talk about, you know, gorditas and stuff. <laughs> and of course, when it comes to marketing and when it comes to being uh, a beautiful gal as, as yourself, there are many different avenues that you're able to go and of course you know there are a lot of people who like to watch people eat food i don't even understand what's going on with all of that uh, but it's like um it's like you got to stay in a, a specific pocket and again because you are your own boss you are autonomous here there's so many different areas that you could go but you just I, like, how do you stay focused on what you want your brand to be and not even criticizing anybody for doing anything? No, get um, your but coin. But just for your own, absolutely. <laughs> but just for your own comfortability, that, was that something that you sort of knew going in to being an influencer? Or is that something you sort of found, you kind of found out about yourself while like figuring out what the hell you're comfortable yeah, with? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely grew into what my feed looks like now. I think if you scroll back like pretty far, like even further back on my blog, it looks different. Um, and I think that's just simply because I was very young when I started. I was still living at home, um, yeah. taking photos on like a self-timer in front of my parents' garage to start. So yeah, like back then it was like all thrifted and like vintage clothing and I didn't really know how to turn that into anything. I, I mean, I think simply by virtue of like growing up with my blog and growing up like with my audience too, in a lot of ways, because a lot of them yeah. were much younger when they started following me. And now they're like getting married and having babies. Um, That's I, I, crazy. Yeah, it's I, wild. I know we get messages because we've been doing this for almost 11 years. Jesus. People being like, I listened in middle school and then I graduated high school and and then all the way to like college. And, yeah. you know, so it's like it's such a trip. And you find that your audience... Like when it comes, so I'm looking at your Instagram right now. The number is 282,000 followers. So I look at that, I'm like, 282,000 followers. Do you see that more in depth? Like, do you see that as actual like fans and as like people? Like, what's that relationship like? Because with the podcast, obviously we get the blah, 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 and then we get feedback. But when it comes to like the social media and having that number of people, like, how do you, how do you get a fan base sticky and loyal to you? I mean, I think you just cannot, you can't ever try and like pull one over, which I think is like, to your credit, like, I think that's probably why last podcast is so successful is because you guys have been very clear from the start of who you are and what you like and what you're here to talk about. Um, right. I definitely like evolved into what my blog is now about. But I think, I, I think, you know, you're letting someone into your life and it's a question of, do they want to like hang out? I always want like my blog to feel like somebody and, you know, like blogs are already such a dated concept, but I always oh. want somebody to like come in and like feel like they're, you know, sitting on my couch having a cup of coffee and like grandma talking about blogs. Oh my again. God. Yeah. Like the fact that I'm like, I'm trying to figure out TikTok. Oh, and I hate it. I hate how bad I am at it. I have no idea. I love scrolling through it, but like every time I post something, it just absolutely bombs. And like, God, these kids hate me so goddamn much. How do I make them love me? I can't deal with more rejection. I'm just not putting myself up. I'm not putting myself up on the oh. TikTok pedestal to be. Throw, people are going to throw eggs and tomatoes at me. I'm putting myself out there and it crushes me every time I post something and it just oh. absolutely bombs. Well, is it Pretty Little Fawn as well on TikTok? Yeah, it's not great. I wouldn't like send people there. I'm not like crushing no, send, it over there. Go check out the TikTok. I'm sure it's fantastic. <laughs> if I'm not like doing like the dances or anything. I mean, like I wish I could, but like I'm not doing the like, you know, cute, like 
however the kids- I, well I know the dances and to me they seem like they've really um, contributed to some bad driving because you're supposed to stay in the car and I am an old man already what are we, what are we what, what's, what is that move called what is that does that have a name I, it's called illegal to do in traffic it's called is stop what it. it's called and stop they're it. doing it and if I was behind a car and I was late to work and they did that I just don't oh, know how. Honk. I don't know how more people aren't getting like run over while they're doing. This. I also don't <laughs> well, think that that I is. A, I also think that's like a seven-year-old reference. Like I don't even think kids are doing that. Like jump out of the car, play the music, and like dance thing. I feel like they've I already moved know. on to driver's license. That's a popular song. Now, I have n- now you know. Oh. That's what the sixteen-year-old's like. I'm just sitting on this app, and I feel so creepy. I feel like I'm like looking through like. <laughs> Like a teenager's bedroom window. I'm like, tell me what's cool. Tell grandma what's cool. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it just feels, the whole damn thing is so weird. But you live on, or obviously with the blogs and stuff, that's all online. Speaking of creepy, I mean, there must be, how is that engagement for you? Oh, the because creepy factor? Yeah, not necessarily the oh. creepy factor, but just the factor in general. I mean, you are definitely going to get some creepers, I'm sure. Uh, and maybe, uh, I guess, if somebody is going into being an influencer, how do you guard yourself right. and protect yourself? Because I'm a big fan of professional wrestling, and uh, some of these male wrestling fans get quite attached to uh, some of the ladies every now and again, show up at their house oh. with knives. Oh, not no. to send that chill no. down your freaking... But, uh, like, how do you... <laughs> everything is fine. How do you uh, manage or control right. uh, the people? Because it's it's tough to do online. I mean, I think, I think there's a, a pretty easy way. I, I, there are a lot of bloggers out there, I think, that share everything in, like, real time that's happening. And, like, you know, they're, like, live streaming a lot of things. I have a Scary. pretty, like hard role of like I never would film like my husband or any of my friends I'm like hey are you okay with you know there's no like me whipping out a camera and being like like dance for me like that's just not I I think there has to be like hard lines with that but I mean as far as like a safety thing like I don't show the outside of my house I'm like pretty cautious about like I live in California like you guess it's a lot of like just safety things like that right which I mean you know with how young people are on these young kids on the internet like it just always concerns me because a lot of them get famous really fast I think I think there is a level of understanding to be safe but what do you think about that because I was thinking about uh, we're covering Aleister Crowley Crowley on a last podcast I'll always say Crowley whatever exactly as we said if it's good (laughs) enough for Ozzy it's good enough for us I know but his whole thing was he's a contrarian, which is so trite now and it's so basic. But I suppose back in the day, being a devil's advocate was uh, maybe a more nuanced idea. Um, but when it comes to people like Logan Paul or Jake Paul, these people who have created a villainous character right. that I would have to be think is a somewhat extension of who they truly are, but they've monetized this. But then it's also like, this is the real world, dude. Like, you'll just get your ass kicked, too. It's the same thing with, like, Takashi 6 9 or something. It's like, yeah. you, everything that's so fun for you on social media, but, like, if you do that stuff in real life, it's not going to be fun for you. Like, I, I wonder what that's doing to people's, like, to people like that. Like, what's it doing to their mind? What's it doing? Like, if you can make so much money and be very successful being hated, it's still, like, I don't know. It still just got to freaking suck. I mean, that's like a lot quicker path to fame, I think, is like doing something like mm, horribly illegal. Like that's, you know, like if you want to get super famous and it's not working out for you, like murder someone seems to be like the path that some people 
choose to take. And we have always said, you will never get on Last Podcast on the Left if you murder someone. Find us an alien. Find an alien. Find an alien. Or a ghost. Or a ghost. I know the rule is to find an alien, and I'm looking to the skies every night, and I haven't seen shit. You're on the show. I'm do on not the, kill hey, anyone. <laughs> All I had to do was start an Instagram. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like if you're if you are these people and then they get money from corporate donors like Ford, I mean it's like it's so weird that that is their whole lives yeah. and I just you know if you're like a younger person, I, I just wonder like how I wonder how they consume that and I wonder just what that does to a society's psyche when you can be a monetized villain. I mean, I think I don't know too much about like the monetized villain thing. I, I feel like that's more of like a YouTube realm or like yes. like the makeup guru realm. I know there's a lot of drama over there, but like I don't do the makeup thing, so I'm like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Oh, that's like a hot goss site or something. Well, I just mean like in general, like I feel like the the beauty makeup community, there's definitely mm. been like more drama happening over there. I feel like in like the lifestyle world, it's just like I had tea today, here's the brand. Like it's a lot yeah. it's a lot sweeter happening over. But yeah, I mean I also think the next generation is really smart i think they are you know i'll I'll say it i think they're probably a lot smarter than millennials bastards but i think they know what's going on and i think they know how to consume media with a grain of salt i hope i think do you think and we're gonna see i would assume my my prediction for someone like a jake i forget which one is like the bigger asshole i doesn't even matter i can't remember I also don't know them, whatever. I, I, I relate to them. Back in my day, we had a guy named Tucker Max. I don't know, remember Tucker Max. He wrote a book, and he was just a total jackass, and the book is basically about a series of horrible things that he did, and he was famous for being a um, an asshole. And his whole life has been basically now asking, apologizing for what he got famous for, which was being a jackass. Like, if, if I'm thinking about, like, the Paul brothers or whatever – like it's not sustainable no and i wonder what the next generation as they're already looking at them if you're like 14 you look at someone who's 22 and you're like you're old as shit bro like i wonder what they think about that kind of fame i mean it's not sustainable that's are there two of them i didn't realize there was more than one i just knew there's one that looks really punchable is there two of them they both look equally punchable, but I'm a huge New York Knicks fan, and Nate Robinson fought, I think it was Jake Paul, and uh, he oh, got he his just, Did he? Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. He got memed out of existence. He oh. got knocked out, like like the movie Friday. That gives me that, uh, that feeling. <laughs> and of, everyone was so pissed. That's like, uh, that gives me that schadenfreude. Is that the word for it? Schadenfreude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just delight from something terrible. I mean, like that, you're cruising for a bruising <laughs> at that point. Um, I guess, but Nate Robinson should have. He was a pro athlete and a YouTuber beat him. I don't know what's oh, going the on opposite? in the YouTube. The, the opposite happened. Oh, the YouTuber beat the f- football guy? Yes. Oh, no, that's No, sad. the basketball player, the New York New York oh, Knicks is a basketball player. Oh, Knicks. Team. Oh, sorry. I missed that one. <laughs> Whatever, no sports. No, he got his ass kicked by the YouTuber. I was like, no, "No, what the fuck? There's no justice in this world. Oh, I thought you meant the opposite. I was so excited. Oh, no, No, that's terrible. But now, that's a whole nother economy. There's, oh, I I don't want to talk about this, but one of the Paul brothers might fight the guy that's named Sharkbait. What's the name of the rapper? Sharkface? Sharkbait? Shark shark guy? The man who's like little little Sharky? I don't know. Sharky person? 
person. I, I'm 31. I have no idea who these people are. That's... He's got he's got gold. He's got diamond teeth and they're sharp and they're I, like are you, sharks. Are you describing a fever dream to me? This doesn't sound <laughs> no. real. He said that he's going to fight Logan Paul or whatever for like a million dollars. What I'm saying is there's a new economy of people who are villains who are now like being like, and you'll they'll pay to get me to see me get knocked out. They're going to pay. Where? And it's this weird, perverted uh, like form of, of entertainment that I just don't. It's like bum fights on steroids. Where, where is this fight happening in the parking lot of like a Wendy's? Like it's just... I don't freaking know. I mean, but, you know, as soon as there's enough money on the line, they'll figure out some damn place in Las Vegas to do it. I mean, it's like a race to the freaking bottom. Oh, God. What a time to be alive. <laughs> Pretty little fun on Instagram. She is keeping it classy. Hey, and yeah. Not, not going, not going the way of just being a total jerk for clicks. And I just don't know what that even fan, like talking about fan base. Like if you are a fan of someone who is only famous for being an asshole, at some point, don't you? I mean, you just have to grow out of it, right? I think so. I think, yeah, I don't think that's very sustainable. I mean, there's definitely things within like the blogger community that is, you know, maybe not so much of like intentionally being an asshole, but there are like things within the blogger community that are like, I also sound old because I'm saying blogger. I should say influencer because nobody writes. Please, on the, nobody writes on blogs anymore. <laughs> Influencers. Also, I found out who the shark guy was. I was thinking about his name is Riff Raff. Oh, Riff Raff. You know Riff Raff? No, I've never heard that before in my life. Is he famous? Loser. I don't know. He's got shark teeth. I think he's famous. I don't know. My producer, Fernando, is saying that he's famous. So I'm assuming that Riff Raff, he is a man who has sharpened his teeth. That sounds terrible. Didn't that guy? Yeah, it's horrible. Didn't like a serial killer sharpen their teeth as well? That's just awful. Well, Ramirez, yes. they actually did the opposite for him, which has probably helped him because they got him the new, the new, uh, the new teeth for for the trial, so you oh. couldn't see all the snaggly oh. toothed wet, madness. Wet leather, wet leather. Oh, oh, oh my god! Did you watch that uh, Ramirez documentary that came out, the Netflix one? I did. I I enjoyed it. Um, it's weird though. There are moments in every true crime documentary where. Like even the heroes have to be not not be horrible, but like at one point the lead detective literally was like, "We need more evidence. We need him to kill again." And I'm like, "Oh my god, there has to be a better answer." Also- like law enforcement was like, "We're gonna need to get these numbers up so we can know who the hell we're dealing with." Can you go kill someone for us, please? Like oh. it's just a, a weird weird time horrifying well and now that you live in la did you watch because i watched the documentary the whole time being like shit that's like a mile from here like the whole time was just like oh my god it's just way too real when it's your own city yeah i mean i grew up in wisconsin so i was like looking for cannibals yeah yeah i mean rampant. i was like where's Dahmer? you know there's so many of them so so many the wisconsin serial killer is a a hungry hungry man he's get that man some hungry man (laughs) yeah i mean it's like it's like the Pacific Northwest too, but I mean that's you know obviously like a different, different. No, breed. but there is there is something. I never felt scared in New York, uh, you know. And sometimes I mean there was just a subway. Uh, this guy with a freaking axe, I think oh. it was an axe, killed like two people, and oh, they no. think he may have killed more. Maybe it was a machete attack. Anyway, it was freaking brutal. Oh. So that happens in New York. But there's something about the California highway system that's mm. really trippy because mm-hmm. you can kind of go anywhere really fast. Like New York, to get off that island, there's a reason they made a whole damn movie about it because it's fucking impossible. It's, uh... <laughs> and L.A., it's like, well, they also made a movie about getting out of L.A., but it's you just hop on the highway and oh, you're yeah. gone. So it's it's scary. There was a high-speed chase that just ended 
not too far from me today on yeah, the east side. Yeah, I have to ask you about that. So I've been here for five months. So those just happen every day, huh? Just constantly. Just got, and okay. we're all just like, it's like, it's the same thing, which I always remember like being like, oh, an earthquake or like, oh, I mean, yeah. you know, it's scary, but you're so used to it at a certain point. And then, yeah, with the high speed chases, it's just, they kind of just, it seems like they just let them go for a while. It does. Because they don't want an accident to happen, so they just kind of let you tucker yourself out like a toddler. I'm not sure what the plan is, usually. (laughs) I honestly, yeah, they'll tucker themselves out. Uh, It'll be fine. And then they get out and they run, and that's where you have the second act. And it can lead to a man shooting himself in the head, as we've seen, or a really fun physical arrest, which is every helicopter cameraman's dream day, is is if you can get a really good, violent arrest. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I mean, where where I've lived you know in other neighborhoods where there were a lot more helicopters and it's just something you kind of get used to is just the sound of of constant helicopters and that's definitely a change from new york yeah. new york a lot of sirens lot of more sirens. sirens in new york yeah. but less helicopters yeah here they're sneaking up on you and it's i don't like it turn the siren I on i want to know you're there absolutely <laughs> uh but anyway going back to influencing Sorry. going back to no i mean i love it <laughs> This is why you're so good, but we have to... What's, oh, yes, okay. We I have to let you go at some point. You probably have work to do. No, um, I don't work. Influencers I mean, are lazy. That's the that's the rule of... The, no, I'm just kidding. That's, that's what my extended family thinks. <laughs> honestly, dispel that myth, though, because it is a new... As we were talking about, where it's like, you know, if you tell people that the, acting is... Or if you look at how the world has changed when it comes to jobs, uh, influencing is a really powerful form yeah. of like sustainable living like you can sustain your entire life what why is it difficult i mean the influencer economy I, I can't remember what the number is that they put out but i mean each year it's growing like how much advertisers are spending with influencing because it's just yeah. you know magazines we're not consuming media the way that we used to so this is like yes. for the most part this is where everybody's putting their eggs are is in this basket of influencing um yeah i mean i, I think there is a a thought that influencers like sit around in their pajamas and then just like take a quick selfie, do some duck lips, and like you're good to go. Um, right. But for the most part, yeah, I, I think the the people who have had success have like really like carved out a niche for themselves. So like what I do, as far as like partnerships and things like that, it's like I'm I'm scouting out locations and I'm trying to like tell a story each time, which is you know can be difficult. Is to like constantly be like okay like. It's a moisturizer. How am I going to make this something other than just like me holding something up into like a mirror, like a boring right. photo? Like you have to tell a story and you have to make it personal and you have to make it something where like you are sharing something with your audience or else what's the point? I mean, you know, at that point, it's just a glossy ad if you're just holding the thing. You know, that's such a good point. So it really is just the extension from the magazine page to the internet page, yeah. I suppose. And then if you are, so are you one aspect so you get reached out to or these companies reach out to you yeah and so you're one aspect of their entire marketing yeah uh, like approach and so do you see other people marketing the same product that yeah. you marketed and you you did it a lot better and then you say that they suck no not that no i'm nice <laughs> no it's usually it's i mean it's usually something where i'm like ah shit i should have thought about that or sometimes i'll see that we've had the same idea and we're like we both shot in malibu look at that like you know it's sometimes it's that i mean for the most part i think and i think this is pretty normal um, 80% to sometimes 90% of what I do is not sponsored. Like the majority of my content is right. me going out and taking photos and like, no one's paying me to do that. No one 
is, you know, like sending the thing. It, you have to constantly be making content and then that right. way you can have the occasional ad. If it was all ads, like why would anyone follow anyone? So the majority of what I do is like, you know, hey, we're going to redo our kitchen and learn how to do that and we're going to document it. And like, thank God that right. worked because we just didn't have a sink for like eight weeks. Like, Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that That sounds difficult. It was tricky, and I had to eat a lot of pizza, and it was oh. really hard for me. No, it was oh, great. Oh, my I loved goodness. It. The struggle is real. I had to rinse my dishes in the bathtub, and it was hard. But, you know, it's the same thing with podcasting. Obviously, the wonderful thing, because radio was destroyed in our lifetimes, and God yeah. knows it was impossible to make money with Sirius. Anyone can set up a podcast studio now. Anyone, anyone can get a, a microphone. But it really is about... The you know the, yeah the one that uh, Courtney just showed me her microphone <laughs> I just bought um, it <laughs> that was not a euphemism for anything by the way it was just a microphone it's just a microphone um, but it still requires an understanding of how to do it right. of uh, you know content creation and just because it's been greatly uh, you know democratized and right. I think that's a wonderful thing it's still you know the cliche that what is it the the cream rises to the top the cream always rises to the top it always rises to the top that was a terrible and that's version. really true. I I don't even know what it's an impression of, but I love it. And in, with Instagram, obviously anyone can have an Instagram unless you're a neo-Nazi, although I think they can still have Instagrams. They're on Parler um, or whatever they're on that Parler horrible or whatever. app is. Ugh. Whatever. But it's it's got to be difficult to, or it's got to be, um, I guess the question is, how did, how did you find that you actually had a talent with this? And how did you find that uh, just because everyone can do it, it doesn't mean that everyone's going to be successful, right. but because everyone can do it, it seems almost more difficult to get successful. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's definitely like you said with like podcasting. It's a saturated market right now. You yes, know, it's the same thing with uh, you know the influencer space. It is a saturated market because I think, like I said, like when I started my blog, no intention of ever making any money or like even having more than like my mom reading it. You know what I mean? Like at a certain point though, <laughs> it did become a job. And I think now a lot of people start their Instagram accounts or start their blog accounts or their the TikToks. Mm -hmm. And they're thinking like, okay, like when do I get money? Like, how do I get money? And they're constantly yes. going towards money. I think maybe that's why I saw success um, when I did because money was just never part of it. And so I'm just, yeah. anytime that I get paid to do anything, I'm excited because I just didn't think that this was going to get to happen to me. I just assumed that, yeah. you know, th that I would never get to travel or do anything like that. And then I've had companies that are like, hey, we'll fly you to Paris for a week. I'm like, what? Like that That's can awesome. happen? That's a thing? Like I would say you guys have probably experienced the same thing with getting to tour, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the arts have brought us everywhere and it's incredible. And, you know, for us, we started our Patreon, I guess, around four and a half or five years ago now, but we had already been doing the show for uh, uh, for five or six oh, years I'm, at that point. I'm a patron. Uh, oh, thank you. So, yeah. you know, one of the things that I tell people, I think a lot of times people will put the cart before the horse and we're the cart and the audience is the horse and the audience, if they ain't pulling you, you know, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. And so a lot of people, I think, start a Patreon assuming people pay them to create content, but in reality, you're Pay, you're getting paid for content you created already. Yes, yeah. And it's almost like work, and because that's what people really respect. Where they're like, "Wow, you put a boatload of work in for nothing." Yeah, for we'll, years. We'll, we'll reward you. And I feel like that's kind of one of the areas that does get that gets lost on some newbies, perhaps. And I think that also goes back to the authenticity argument, right. where they have to trust you, and then that's what they're really buying into. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you have to be willing to. I mean, because I I think I didn't make any money off of anything that I did for like five years, and I just did it for fun. 
And then right. somebody was willing to like s- sent me a dress one time, and I like wanted to cry. They sent me like a fifty dollar dress. I'm like, I got a free dress in the mail. Like that's just crazy. And then you know, oh my god! And all comedians and all entertainers will tell you drink tickets are what you get paid for the first decade. Is just give me drink tickets. Give me the oh, drink sweet. tickets. Can I bring these back? Can I combine them for something? Oh my you know? god! And then they would have to put the date on them so comedians yeah. couldn't do that. That actually happened more times than I would D- like. Is to that talk really about. a thing? Oh, I just made that up. That's a thing. No, because oh. you. Get the drink ticket it's just a red ticket you know yeah. uh, mostly just, just that you buy the 99 yeah exactly you buy a roll of those but then they started putting the date uh, what I'm saying is I did this scam and it, yes it worked <laughs> but until they started putting the dates and then you couldn't bring it back the next day and the whole thing was a nightmare you could ride it for a while <laughs> I, and I and I did thank god uh, <laughs> All right. Well, just to wrap this up in a wonderful bow, when it comes to acting, uh, we always talking with Mark or talking with Henry about this. Obviously, he's a very successful actor as well. Um, but now you're you're known as well as a human being too, right? You're known with uh, as Courtney uh, Helverson. You're known as an influencer. How does that impact when you go into auditions? Because I know with Henry, he's so known now for last podcast, and so people might have an idea of right. who he is. And does that help or hurt? Because I know some directors want the actor to basically just be invisible and right. you want to see the, the the character or whatever. But how has that changed? Has it helped or? I, I don't know that it's it's helped or hurt. I honestly, I think any time that I've filmed something, they're like, wait, sorry, you're on the internet too? I just don't think that anybody is putting two and two together. Or if they are, okay. they're just like, all right, that's fine. Um, it's one of those things where like, if I were to book the right role where they're like, stop posting on Instagram, you can't do any, I'd be like, all right, bye. Like, I I love what I get to do on Instagram, but like my passion has always been with acting. So I think if it was something where I ever had to pick one or the other, I've just never had to choose because I think acting is so difficult. I've never gotten like enough work where I've been like, well, (laughs) I'm done, you know? Exactly. And I don't think that anyone would want you to get rid of your Instagram because, again, it's really, really well done and greatly curated. And it's a beautiful place to go on the Internet, which is not uh, not easy to say because it doesn't happen often. Courtney Helverson, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, anything you want, any projects or any any plugs? Or is there anything you want our audience to know? Um, No, I don't think so i don't think i have any like i mean i'm working on some projects that it's the classic influencer thing of like i can't tell you about it yet but it's really exciting but yeah i'm working on some fun stuff that will be coming out right. um i don't know somebody cast me in something that'd be cool yeah cast <laughs> yeah that, that'd also be really cool be and, uh whatever whatever project that you really love you have to come back on and maybe we can even do a patreon if it's a fun horror movie or Ooh, something that'd yeah cool. awesome all right check out Courtney on uh, on Instagram at Pretty Little Fawn and go to her TikTok. Let's make this TikTok thing cool. happen. Oh, that would be delightful. We'll get you dozens of new followers. Dozens? dozens. Did you say dozens? Dozens. Oh. dozens. Delightful. Oh my goodness. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.